Hi, this is Eddie Hearn, and you're watching Lights Out. Anthony Joshua's next fight has been announced. March 8th, he takes on Francis Ngannou, but we'll be discussing, is it the right move for AJ? Turkey Alal Sheikh also announces he wants to put on a dream card. He wants Matchroom to take on Queensbury in a best of five series. Arta Betabiev absolutely demolishes Callum Smith and takes a step closer to an undisputed clash. We'll be talking about what's next for Better BM, his performance, his win, and what it will take to finally get the undisputed clash at £175. This is Fessel Khan for Lights Out, proudly sponsored by Spartans Law. And this is podcast 70 of the Lights Out Boxing Podcast. Uh, with me, as always, I'd like to be joined by my main man, my right-hand man, the man who likes to consider himself the face of Lights Out Boxing. Subjectable. Austin Gulshir, a.k.a. Ron. Um, Ron, a pleasure as always. Firstly, uh, how are you doing? It's the first podcast of 2024. We haven't spoken in quite a while. What's different with you? What's new with you? And before we do talk about the podcast, what are you really looking forward to most this year from boxing? I think uh, we had, uh, thank you very much. Yeah, all good. Uh, looking to another good year of boxing. Uh, if anything, 2023 was anything to go by, the way that ended off with we had a great fight, you know, fight in Riyadh, and we're going to get the second instalment of Riyadh season uh, in March, which has been announced, which you're going to talk about. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking for more bigger fights now. I think a lot of criticism has been received by boxing, you know, in comparison to UFC. But boxing is stepping up now. I think they re realize that people will switch off. People will kind of watch more competitive kind of combat. So that's what I'm really excited about in the boxing world. So just to see what what next you know Saudi has off, uh, to offer, um, which I'm sure we're going to talk about later or later on today. Absolutely, we've got a lot to discuss today. And before we obviously do um, start with the quick fire question, just a few uh, friendly reminders for all of you that day. If you haven't already, please make sure you you smash the subscribe button, uh, turn on the bell for more Lights Out mm -hmm. Boxing content. And of course, if you want to listen to this platform, this podcast on any of the audio platforms, uh, again, links are going to be below in the description with our social media platforms as well. Um, Ron, the reins have been handed over to you. So quick fire question is now your job. And again, guys, I'd just like to state that I don't know what the quick fire question is. So mm. forgive me if one of my answers might seem a bit, I don't know, might rough people up the wrong way. But Ron, floor's all yours, my man. What's today's quick fire question? Okay, I'm going to keep it simple. Um, what is your favourite boxing nickname? Okay. Obviously, so our, our, I mean, our, our channel is called Lights Out. Uh, that's homage to uh, James Tony, But... You know, there's been some great names, you know, that uh, boxers have gone by. Um, I, I want to know what's yours. So I've got two, right? And there's a story behind my second one. So uh, my second one is Kid Dynamite. Um, strictly because if you remember Fight Night Champion, where the career mode is you make a fighter, you make a boxer, and he's got to have a, a nickname. And I always just went with Kid Dynamite. I just feel as if it's it's flashy. You know, it's a good name for a young young cocky arrogant boxer who you can just tell is going to be uh the next the next best thing and um the second one is sorry the first one 
El Terrible. Which fight was known as El Terrible? Is Eric Morales, wasn't it? Babyface, wasn't it? The babyface yes. assassin. Yes. So yeah, El Terrible was. You're right, Eric Morales. Morales, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, you love it. I mean, it kind of adds to their PR appeal, isn't it? You know, when and you love hearing um, Michael Buffer kind of mention the nickname as well as the name. So, mm -hmm. what's uh, yours? What's your favorite one? I liked uh, Hands of Stone. See, if, let's see okay. if you know who that is. Uh, let me guess, Roberto Duran. It is Roberto Duran. Uh, Iron Mike Tyson as well. Okay. Um, you got Prince Nazim Ahmed. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you got King Khan. So, if you uh, was a if you it, was a boxer, Ron, what would your um, nickname be? Do you want to know what mine would be? What would it be? <laughs> Actually, no. I'll tell you when we meet up on Friday night. <laughs> I don't think the viewers would want to hear it. But God, what would your nickname be? <laughs> I don't know. Probably something cool like Fist of Fury or something. I don't know. I think I don't know. That's something like that. It's catchy. It's catchy. But listen, um, guys. Uh, but I think there's going to be a story behind it. I mean, how how do, how do they pick the nicknames? Any idea? I mean, there is this, there is some sort of tradition with how that nickname comes about, right? Is it coaches or trainers or people that you work with? They kind of pick a nickname. I think these days with fighters, right, you get a lot of fighters that kind of go on the background, this sort of epic background, like you've got Tyson Fury, who's the Gypsy King. Um, I don't know. I don't know how the the nicknames come about, but there have been some catchy ones. Uh, Prince Asim was definitely one that I really liked. And uh, Hands of Stone, Roberto Duran. Um, there was a pronunciation in Mexican for it as well. I can't remember what it is. I barely speak English, so I'm not even going to try and pronouncing Mexican. Uh, another one I like is uh, Marvelous Marvin, uh, Marvin Hagler, Marvelous uh, the Hitman Tommy, the Hitman Hearns, mm -hmm. and yeah. obviously Ricky Hatton went by, by the same uh, nickname as well. Mm. Um, oh God, who am I thinking of? Um, Merciless Ray Mercer. Yeah. You know I mean? You gotta love the creativity to it as do, well. Do you know so. what? Muhammad Ali had another nickname that I really liked. The Louisville Lip. Louis the Louisville lips. Yes, I really right. like that. Oh, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. I think I'm gonna test your knowledge here. Go on. Just we were just talking about uh, Rocky uh, at the moment. How many nicknames right. did Apollo Creed have? Let's... They they all come out before the fight against Ivan Drago. And Rocky said, "Are you, are you sure you've got enough ring names?" So there was a uh, Doctor Steel Fist, the Master of Disaster, the King of Sting, the one, yeah. the only Apollo Creed. But he did have a lot in the fight the, before the fight with. Ivan Drago, but yeah. unfortunately, they never did him any. They never helped him out in the ring that night. <laughs> but anyway, listen, let's move on because we've got a lot to discuss. Yeah, but great quick fire question, Ron. And again, we'd love the viewers to get involved in our quick fire question this week. I'm looking forward to next week's one. Um, we'll start off with obviously what had been pre announced last week, but what has been confirmed today that Anthony Joshua will take on Francis Ngannou on the 8th of March in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Riyadh season continues to. It continues to deliver in boxing, um, big boxing shows over in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. It's the third show that they're putting on. Um, obviously, we had the press conference today. We had the face-off. We've seen some clips on social media regarding the round the table. We've seen Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren uh, together again. I mean, it's coming like buses now. It's the third time that we I've seen them at a press conference. So 
Um, all positive things for, for boxing right now. But Ron, it is the sort of first big announcement of the year. Now, I'm going to let you obviously start first, but what's your thoughts on what you make of the Joshua versus Ngannou announcement, given the fact that he just beaten Otto Wallin and he is on the path of trying to become a, a three-time world champion? Is it a fight that you think is the right one to choose or do you reckon he should have gone a different route? I I was convinced that he was going to go down the IBF route. Um, but I guess that would have in, entailed kind of waiting around for the IBF title to become vacated. And obviously next in line would have been uh, Hergovic versus uh, Anthony Joshua. Uh, I mean, the new, this recent Anthony Joshua just wants to fight. He wants it to be kept busy. Uh, last year, he fought, what, three times? So that's the most active we've seen Anthony Joshua in the last you know, few years of boxing, you know, it was just like, when is he going to fight? So I, I was surprised. Um, not going to lie to you when he, when he, when the fight versus um, Fury was announced, I absolutely slated that fight. I was like, Oh my God, this is just ridiculous. It's, it's not boxing, but you know, look what kind of performance that um, Francis and Garnu put on. Um, you know, he, walked away even though he lost that fight some might argue he might have won that fight but he showed he can definitely box uh so it makes an interesting watch you know people will kind of tune in to watch that fight so you know do i see anything i, I don't do i see any you know i'm sure you're going to ask me for my prediction but uh, i'm going to definitely go with aj but you know it's a good fight it's an exciting fight to watch but does it do anything towards his legacy, his career? Do you know what is the end goal of reclaiming the titles? I think it just kind of puts that on hold for now, but it's a competitive fight nonetheless. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to be brutally honest about it. Um, I don't like it. Um, but the, 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 what I can't get is right is there was a lot of negative energy towards Tyson Fury when he was, you know, when the fight was supposedly supposedly being talked about. There's so much negative energy towards Tyson Fury. And I'm gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh, I never criticized criticized it. I criticized it. You knew what my thoughts were on him fighting Francis and I wasn't a fan of it. And I'm not a fan of this. Um and if if anything, right, Anthony Joshua's the one who out, out of the two, right, Tyson Fury, in my opinion, was the one who could afford to take a fight with Francis Ngannou. Anthony Joshua can't afford to take a fight with Francis Ngannou because, you know, what does a win do against Francis Ngannou for Anthony Joshua? Absolutely nothing. What what did a win do for Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou? Absolutely nothing. If anything, Tyson Fury lost a lot of credibility for the fight with yeah. Francis Ngannou because mm -hmm. of the performance and because of the choice of the opponent. Now, you know, Listen, I've got a lot of respect for Eddie Hearn. I think he's the best promoter in boxing right now. He promotes his fight as well. He sells shows well. But, you know, you, you're talking about, oh, you believe that this guy is going to become a three-time world champion. You still believe he ends his career as a potential undisputed champion. Well, okay, if that's the case, what does he gain apart from a payday of fighting Francis Ngannou? He gains absolutely nothing. It's, it's a line that you use quite often, Ron, and it's a line that I'm going to use. High risk, very, very low reward. There is no reward to beating Francis Ngannou. If he goes and knocks out Francis Ngannou, oh, you only beat an MMA guy who caught Tyson Fury on a bad night. 
if he beats him on points, oh, you could knock out an MMA guy. If it's a close fight, oh, well, you know what? Maybe Francis Ngannou is the boogeyman in the heavyweight division. I don't know, but me personally, right? You look at this undercard, yeah? You've got Gilles Zhang versus Joseph Parker. Those are two opponents I would have liked to have seen Joshua fight on this card. I didn't want to see him fight Francis Ngannou. You know, there was a part of me after the Walling fight that I got very excited for. Yep, he's active again. He's going to fight the top contenders in the division. And then this happens. You know, you had Talk Sport, you had Eddie Hearn, you had everybody out there slate Tyson Fury for taking this fight. And there's not been a neg there's not been no negative energy coming from anywhere this time round. Strictly because it's Anthony Joshua. And you know, I think that's wrong. I think that's that that that's just shit in my opinion. Mm. If you're gonna slate Tyson Fury for taking the fight, as good as Ngannou was in it, it's gotta be the same energy towards Anthony Joshua. And I just think that for a guy that's trying to become a world champion again, this is a bad move for him because he gains nothing from it. And I would much rather, I would rather have seen him fight Deontay Wilder. That's the, you know, the, let's just say, Isn't right? Look, let's just say, yeah, Anthony Joshua wins this fight, yeah? Okay. Deontay Wilder will fight again. He said he's going to fight again. He wins his next two or three fights. And then the top two are tied up in mandatory contracts and there's a rematch for the undisputed. You know, you've got the... You've got the perfect opportunity to make the Joshua Wilder fight now. Okay, so he lost to Joseph Parker. It's not a shock that he lost to Joseph Parker, Ron. We've, we seem to be forgetting one thing. If you know you're boxing, Parker's lost to Joshua, and he's lost to Joe Joyce, and he's lost to Daniel White, and the guy's a former heavyweight world champion. So there's no disgrace, in, and there's no shame in losing to Joseph Parker. It just does not make sense. You know, Eddie Hearn, when they asked his opinion about it, oh, yeah, don't know why he's fighting... Um, uh, Francis, Francis and Garnu. He never wanted to fight Joshua. The Us Usyk and his team were the most easiest people to work with. And then when he puts, when Fury puts that performance in against Joshua, oh, listen, you know, now he should fight Francis and Garnu. You know, give me Tyson Fury now. It just doesn't add up to me. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm actually disappointed. I did not want him mm. to take this fight because not because of oh, it's a dangerous fight. I believe he'll smoke out at Francis and Garnu. I really do. But what yeah. are you gaining from beating Francis and Garnu? Are you even in a position where you should be having these crossover fights? I don't think you are. Front over. I mean, look, the one person you I think you mentioned the name Deontay Wilder. Um, he didn't follow the script. You know, he was supposed to beat Joshua um, Joseph Parker that night, and this was supposed to set up another big night of boxing. And I promise you, it would have been more big names on that undercard. Um, sadly, we're not there. You know, I mean, the reality is you've got Fury and Usyk who are tied up for probably a two-fight deal, let's be honest, right? Whoever wins, it's going to be a rematch. Um, Joshua wants to keep busy. Joseph Parker, it doesn't sell as much against, you know, um, uh, against jo AJ, all right? That's the, I mean, problem was with Deontay Wilder's defeat, it was just like a, a landslide loss, not even a close loss, not even a, he just looked really poor. And I think maybe that fight didn't sell, you know, considering he came back, you know, he's coming off a loss against, you know, Josh, uh, Joseph Parker. I totally hear what you're saying. I was the one, I, I was, you know, slating Tyson Fury for taking that fight, but you know, you've got to give credit where it's due to Ngannou. He put on a good performance. He looked like a boxer. 
looked like he knew, he knew no, what no, he was no, doing. Ronnie, he surprised Ronnie, the... No, no, Ronnie, Port Fury in a bad night. Let's not sit here and say... Oh, yeah, look, look, you can't... No, no, you, you've got to give credit in a bad night. Yeah, you give credit where it's due, Ron, but you don't... Fury, okay. You don't... You know, sorry right, to interrupt right, you, Ron. Let me, you... let me finish my point here. Go on. Fury is, you know, I agree, he is, you know, the best boxer, you know, like for someone of his size. He put him on his backside. You know, at points, you know, Fury was on a back foot in that fight. Uh, he couldn't fight his natural way. You know, Fury wasn't himself. But you've got to say it takes two to tango. I mean, Ngannou was doing something right. Okay, I take your point that it wasn't a good Tyson Fury performance. That was, but that's him. He, that's him to blame, isn't it? You know, he, why didn't he come fully prepared for that fight? You know, why wasn't he, you know, taking this fight seriously? That's that's on him. But nonetheless, I mean, the records will show that Fury won, but. You know, if you watch the fight, there was some moments where you kind of thought, all right, Ngannou can box quite a bit. And he did that against an elite fighter like Fury. So let's not knock him. Let's give him credit for that, I think. But back to, you know, what you said earlier about, I, I, I see an AJ win. I can't, I can't see anything beyond that. You, you know what, right? Yeah. It, it's, it's very Anthony Joshua to go into this fight and put in a bad performance and win. But it's also very Anthony Joshua-like to just smash this guy within a minute or two rounds. I, I don't know, but yeah, look, you know, there's obviously, we're going to hear more from, you know, your talk sports and your other, you know, sort of um, outlets out there. And I don't want to, I don't want to hear different energy. I want to hear the same energy, you know, and I mean, I'm not saying it because I'm a Tyson Fury fan. I'm just saying it like, you can't slate one guy for taking the fight and then all of a sudden make out as if this is, uh, you know, a proper fight just because what he had a, he had two or three good rounds against Tyson Fury. No, absolutely no way. And I'm going to go back to my point, right? If anyone's in a position in boxing right now to be doing, in, especially in that heavyweight division, if anyone's in the position right now to be doing crossover fights, it is the WBC heavyweight champion, the undefeated heavyweight champion, Tyson Fury, because he's, he's beaten the best in the division so far. And he will be uh, Alexander Usyk on um, February the 17th. Okay. He is the king of the division. He's the money man in the division. So I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to hear people. Hear, I don't want to be hearing. Oh yeah, it's a good fight. Yes, yeah, it's the perfect fight for Anthony Joshua. No, the perfect fight for Anthony Joshua is Jilei Zhang. In my opinion, this should be Joshua versus Zhang. You know, Zhang smashed Joe Joyce to pieces twice last year. Anthony Joshua won three times. So right now the rankings are Fury one, Usyk two, Joshua three, Zhang four. It should have been. And Joseph Parker right now is number five in that list. I don't care what anyone says. We're going on. You know, last year, uh, ring ring activity and uh, under record, that's the top five right now, in my opinion, yeah, because of wins and ring activity. It sh this fight, this sh this fight should have been Joshua versus Zhang. That's the fight it should have been. I understand why they didn't make the Wilder fight, okay? Maybe that fight doesn't have an appeal in terms of money and maybe fans don't want to see it. I want to see it. I'm pretty sure you wanted to see it. But then you look for the next best solution, Jile Zhang. But listen, we move on. And I would really like to get the get everybody's thoughts on this because this is a this is a fight I'm not a fan of. I wasn't a fan of, of the fight when he fought uh Tyson Fury. I'm certainly not a fan of this fight. He gains nothing out of beating Francis and Garnu. And then listen, I'm Turkey Alal Sheikh's biggest fan, yeah. But he turned around and said in that press conference, and everything I agreed with him apart from when he said the winner of this fight is gonna fight the winner of Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk for all the belts. I'm like thinking, so hold on a second, right? Francis Ngannou is a former MMA star. 
in his third fight could be fighting for the undisputed champion. <laughs> what a way to piss That's on the heavyweight division. Yeah, um, let's move on because on that undercard will be Gilles Zhang versus Joseph Parker. Two heavyweights who had a phenomenal 2023. And it's fair to say whoever wins that fight is definitely, well, we hope gets a world title fight at some point in mid-2024. Ron, the perfect sort of warm-up fight before the exciting main event. Are you, are you happy with Zhang versus Parker? Yeah. I, I mean, I was I was hearing rumours that Deontay Wilder was going to be on that undercard yeah. as well, but that didn't come to fruition. Well, Ronnie um, lost, and it's the end of the world if you lose a fight, apparently, these days. So, yeah. <laughs> well, no, but that was that was being spoken up, and, and I was really... I was more excited for a Zilei Zhang versus a Deontay Wilder. That's the fight I would have, just as a pure spectator, not even as a boxing fan. So, yeah, I mean, great fight. Um, you know, Joseph Parker's had, well, three good good wins in his last, you know, he's really turned a corner uh, and he's put himself in contention for a, another world title shot at some point. If he comes through this fight, I agree with you but Zilei Zhang two wins against uh, Ajoy Joyce you know who was being touted as in the top three um how do you think how do you think how do you see that fight going who's your money on you know what I like what Andy Lee is doing with um Joseph Parker right now I think that's the best move Joseph Parker could have made and obviously trains a lot closer with the Furies and he's improving you know he's getting better and better which is a really good thing but I mean, Gilles Zhang, right, of what we've seen of those two performances against Joe Joyce last year, you know, and I said it after the second fight, I believe he's the third best heavyweight in the world right now, given on current form right now. Um, and it would have been interesting to see Joshua fight Zhang. But it, it's it's a good 50-50 fight. It's it's two heavyweights that are currently on a, on a winning sort of path and they're close to getting a, a crack at the world title. Um, but right now... I favour Joseph Parker because, you know, if we look back at the fight when the two fights when Joe Joe's, Joe Joyce fight Jile Zhang, Joe Joyce never used a ring, he never uses he never moved his head, he wasn't active on his feet. These those three things is something that you see Joseph Parker do a lot of. You know, he's a very he's a movable fighter. He's very active behind the jab, and he likes to use the ring. And I just think that maybe that might be the sort of advantage going into this fight. But, you know, I don't think nobody gave Zhang a chance when he fought Joyce, you know, in, in both fights. They, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, the first fight was, you know, he just caught him on a bad night and Joyce had figured him out. But yeah, it, it's a very good fight. It's, 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 it's an interesting fight. But I, I kind of slightly favour Parker, strictly because I feel as if his style is going to be hard for, for Zhang to handle. But you never know. What, what, what do you predict? Zhang's power is relentless. I mean, what he did to George was his was it his uh, his eye. You know, he kind of proper bust him up. And you know, let's be honest. Look, look what George Joyce did to Joseph Parker. So, if we're going by that, then I would favor more Zhang. But saying that, I didn't give George. Uh, Joseph Parker chance against Deontay Wilder and look at the performance that he did. Everything that you mentioned about getting behind his jab, you know, kind of moving around the ring, 
and he unloaded that's one thing i really enjoyed watching that fight that he wasn't afraid to kind of empty his tank out and um you know he didn't get the knock out or knock down at any point but he was close enough um that zhang i don't know if he's ever been dropped in his career before so he's a big unit so but zhang i think one thing that he has uh, as, a, as a question mark is his stamina you know if, if how does joyce win that fight does he take it into the later rounds and tire him out and you mean Barker? and you know use yeah sorry my apologies parker yeah so how does he how does he go about that so well, so it's, maybe it's, that could be something that it's yeah. it's an interesting fight and it's a good fight, you know, on 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 the card. It's it's the fight that I'm looking forward to the most. To be completely honest with mm. you, and you know, the winner goes towards a world title shot. The loser has to begin a rebuilding phase, which again is not the end of the world in boxing. Um, also during that press conference that we saw today today in London, Turkey Alal Sheikh come out with the idea that he wants to host Matchroom versus Queensbury, a five on five sort of boxing tournament card night now i remember many many years ago i think me i believe me and you've done a podcast or done some sort of content on this and we said this would be great for boxing well mm. if turkey alal sheikh says he wants it to happen it only means one thing it's gonna happen and given some of the ideas that this this genius of a man was coming out with i mean he's talking about he wants to put on an undisputed clash between better bf and bival you know he's got so much ideas all right, okay, I'm not going to give him his plaudits for putting on a Joshua versus a Garnu, but we know all know how good the sort of whole build-up to the fight was and the spectacle of the show. Um, Ron, we've got Frank Warren and Eddie Hearn on the same page now after many, many years. They are both currently working together. They're both promoting shows. You know, you've seen them at around the table. You've seen them at press conferences. They shook on it. You know, just how good would this be for boxing if we were to get a, a sort of matchroom versus Queensbury five-on-five boxing event? I'd love that. You know, this is something that we kind of sp spoke about a few years ago as a fantasy. You know, what if, you know, their best fighters went up against uh, the other promotional company's best fighters? And now we're, you know, on potentially on the verge of getting that. And uh, I'm really looking forward to when they do announce what five parties they're going to have. Uh, yeah, we can only speculate who, who they might have. It depends on who's available at the time but that could be an, you know a whole event in itself you know they don't need a they don't even need a tyson fury or something i mean they, they could do that as a whole event standalone event on its own so i'd be i'll, I'll be waiting in anticipation for that for that news yeah listen it's a great great card that we could be we 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 we, we, are, we could be excited about and obviously that's a card that you want sort of you know, you want the best fight and the best. So, you know, Fury versus Joshua would obviously be a potential. Oh, They've not been involved in anything, but that's a discussion for another day. But this, if you look at it right, I mean, Fury versus Joshua, you know, Yard versus, I don't know, Callum Smith. It's just, you know. Like that. That would be a good, great So many good that. fights you can talk about. And listen, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, and I hope, we get some sort yeah. of announcement on that soon. Um, just a couple of more topics to discuss. And obviously, we'll start with what went down on last weekend for the first big fight of the year. And that was Artem Betabiev versus Callum Smith. Um, a one-sided beatdown. A lot of people are labelling that as 
uh, Artur Betabiev in what was his career best performance, I believe, stopping Callum Smith in round seven. Ron, the guy just gets better with age, doesn't he? Well, I mean, I was listening to a lot of these boxing analysts and, and the Smith brothers kind of talking about uh, Callum Smith stopping him, you know. And we didn't expect a performance like that. You know, there's this old, a lot of people kind of questioning him. He's getting older. He, what, is he 39 years of age now, better be here? You know, he's been dropped by Callum Johnson. The Callum Johnson yeah. that he, he got dropped by. So they were like, oh, yeah, he's there to be hit. But I don't know if they underestimate the power this guy brings, man. Or I mean, this guy's got 20 knockouts. He's the only champion to have all 100% knockout ratio. Like, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, what a performance. You know, you're right. You know, he's, he is definitely getting better with age. I mean, the fight before that, he beat Anthony Yard. You know, uh, that was a good matchup and a good finish as well. Now he's beat another British... Uh, top, top, you know, elite fighter in Callum Smith. I mean, Callum Smith went, you know, uh, 12 rounds with uh, Canelo, you know, and uh, and he... Has Callum Smith ever been dropped before in any of his no. fights? I, I can't recall anything. No, so, really. and he did that twice, you know, and it was mm. stopped. So, you must have done something to, you know, to put on a hell of a performance like that against a Callum Smith, you know, who's a top you know, light heavyweight contender, you know, uh, unfortunate for him. I know you've, uh, you've had the pleasure of kind of speaking to him personally and uh, interviewing him at, at, at his gym. So, you know, I hope, you know, wish him a speedy recovery um, and, you know, hopefully it's not the end of him yet. You know, he's got big and other, other good fights out there for him. I agree. I hope it's not the end for him because I think there's still a lot of domestic fights to be made. I believe once uh, the better be a Bivol fight does happen, the winner would probably, they'd both probably go up to cruiserweight. So then you get a lot of belts that become free, vacated. Um, I, I had Callum Smith winning the fight. I genuinely believe. Yeah, you said it by knockout as well. I, I believed he was going to knock oh, him out. So... I just thought better be his last few performances against British opposition. I thought Callum Smith would be the man to do it. But, you know, I think a lot of us underestimated just how good uh, Arthur Betterbeev is. And, um, you know, Callum Smith could be proud of himself went to the other guy's backyard and just come up against a, a, a better fighter on the night. Having said that, listen, we know what better be is all about. We know what he's like. We know who he is. We know what he represents. Get the fight now with Bivol. You know, I was discussing it with the boys. I still don't think it's a big fight in terms of globally, you know, um, because I don't think the public really have that appeal with better be and Bivol. But I think if you're a proper hardcore boxing fan and I'm not just disrespecting anyone else obviously there's fans that watch the sport throughout or there's fans that just watch the actual main fights but this is a fight that has to happen soon but i don't is there a lot of money in this fight i don't think so I still think spence crawford too generates more than this tank versus uh uh haney versus tank but it is a fight that we need to see you know it doesn't make no sense them fighting anyone else let's you know let's have one name one face and one champion, and that's going to be a cracking fight, the boxer versus the puncher, but, you know, I hope we don't, I hope they don't, you know, long this fight out, this is a fight that we need to see of the next fight, there is no other fight we need to fight see it as soon as possible, yeah I mean, either that or 
Bivol fights Canelo again. I think that's there's only two other fights out there. Yeah, Rob, we've seen that now. Let's just let's, yeah, let's, we've let's, seen that. And let's, let's, Canelo crown a king. That let's, let's crown the king yeah. in 175 pounds. You know? Absolutely agree. And man, I do think if it's going to generate that extra bit of money that I don't think it does, then it needs to go to Saudi Arabia. You don't want to see it on a top ranked show. You don't want to see it on a local bro- broadcaster show. You don't want to see it on Sky Sports. Let it go with Saudi Arabia where there's a bit of money involved. Um, we've also got our first UK show of the year um, this coming weekend as Liverpool's very own Natasha Jonas versus Michaela Mayer. She defends her IBF welterweight title against the American fighter. Flights that are going to be in Liverpool. Right? I'm, going to, I'm going up there for the fight, spending a few days there. Uh, so we'll be, be, be we'll be bringing you guys a lot of lights out content and lots of lots of coverage of fight week, including interviews and action from the workouts, the weigh-ins, and you name it. Um, Ron, let's just you know before we wrap it up, uh, give us a prediction for Natasha Jonas versus Michaela Mayer. I'm going to give my prediction, and I think Natasha Jonas is going to beat, and I think she's going to knock her out. I just think wow. because she's in front of her home fans, um, she's the defending champion. She's a fighter that's also getting better with age. She's on a great run right now. I think she's gonna. I think she's gonna knock Michaela Mayer out on fight night. I really do believe she's gonna do it. A big call, man. I mean, I mean, Natasha Jonas is probably in the last few fights of her career now. She's looking, you know, how many fights has she got left in her? So, Rod, be- there's something you don't understand about the people of Liverpool, okay? Oh, Unlike so, the, your yeah. team, we support yeah. our fighters and we. Push our fighters on, okay? I mean, you just only got to go to Anfield on a European night or when it's a big game or any other game. You One day I'll take you and then you'll realise what I'm talking about. But yeah, sorry, what was you saying? Um, like, yeah, so as I was saying with uh, Natasha Jonas, so, you know, age is catching up with her. So, you know, Michaela Mayer, she's been so close, but yet so far in her, you know, to get that elusive kind of, Title. I think who did she lose? Is it uh, Harper? Terry Harper that she lost against? No, Bam Gardner. Alicia Bam Gardner. Bam Gardner. Sorry, my. Did she? Who lost against um, Terry Harper? Then was it? It was Bam Gardner. She lost to Bam Gardner. Bam Gardner. Okay. And um, so she's going to be extra motivated to kind of, you know, get that world title. So I uh, wish them both all the luck. Uh, Natasha Jonas. You know, where does she go from there? You know, if she wins this, if she comes through, you know. What, what does that set her up for? But, you know, great from women's boxing. And let's see what happens on Saturday night. Uh, it's been talked of as a good fight. Let's see. It's a, I mean, it's, it's good to have our first UK boxing show of the year back. Obviously, you've got um, Jack Cullen versus Zach Chelly, the rematch on, on that card. Um, you know, you've got a, quite a few uh, British fighters as well. Uh, Aaron McKenna versus Linus Adolfia. It'd be good to get behind the camera and um, start stirring the pot again. Um, Ron, thank you very much for joining us, mate. Obviously, it's not a long one today, but you know, hopefully, this time next week we'll have more and um, more to talk about in the boxing world. Um, to the viewers out there, if you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, make sure you turn on the bell for all notifications. Uh, check us out on all of our social media platforms. Links are below in the description. And of course, if you want to hear this uh, podcast on any of the audio platforms. Again, links are below in the description. Ron, pleasure as always. Congratulations on earning a massive point against the mighty Tottenham Hotspur yesterday. And to the viewers out there, thank you very much for listening to Podcast 70 of the Lights Out Boxing Podcast.